2: Welcome back to an Orange and Brown Talk recap of a recap. We are talking about the late night win on Thursday. Cleveland Browns over the Pittsburgh Steelers gave you a brief postgame pod in the wee hours. We want to dig in more on that as the Browns move to 2-1. and one. That means I am here with Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock, Dan Lobby, and Irie Harris. And if you guys will indulge this, I would like to start with Jacoby Brissett and Jacoby Brissett and Kevin Stefanski. Mary Kay, the way that Jacoby Brissett played on Thursday night, the way that he has played the last two games, after kind of a slow start in the opener where he admitted, right, maybe he missed some guys that were open, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. 22 of 27 for 229 in week two, 21 of 31 for 220 last night. How good can this offense be slash can this team be in these 11 games with Jacoby Brissett playing like this in this Kevin Stefanski offense,
0: well, if he continues to play like this, they're going to have a chance, and they're really going to have a chance to actually hand over a contending team to Deshaun Watson, which they need, uh, I think, to hand over six victories. I think it's possible, uh, and I, I think it's possible in part because you know they do have the running game and the defense, but just if you just isolate. On, uh, on Jacoby's performance. Uh, first of all, if you're not turning the ball over, you're going to be ahead of the game. Uh, and then I think he's very comfortable with what they're doing with him. And I think he's comfortable enough to take some chances. The thing about Jacoby Brissett traditionally is that he hasn't been much of a, a risk taker and he hasn't really tried to stretch the field very much. But with Amari Cooper, you can do that. You can take those chances. So they have their play action shots that they take. And um, and it, he's heating up, and I, you know, you just see him getting more and more confident. And I think that, um, you know, I I think that he realizes that this is his opportunity and he's making the most of it. And I think that, um, Kevin trusts him. I think that Kevin trusts him more. he did not trust Baker Mayfield, I think he trusts Jacoby Brissett more. And I think Jacoby's probably more involved in the game plan,
2: Irie. You had certainly more of a belief in Jacoby Brissett coming into this season than I did. What you have seen, especially the last two weeks, does, does this look like an offense? Cause again, it's, w- w- there's been a lot of talk about the defense. We know how good the run game is, but I had real doubts about the passing game. Do you think this is a, a proficient enough passing game that this, this can work for another two months?
3: Oh man. I know the two months that's quite longer once you said I'm, I'm going to say yes on that, and this is why, because there's something this it's somewhat of a drug, not not that I, I condone that, you know, listeners forgive me, but it's called confidence, and confidence spreads everywhere. Everybody gets a dab of it, a dab of it here, a dab of it there, and we've seen how the efficient this offense has been when, and with a quarterback like Brissette compared to Baker. Baker, as you guys saw, was somebody that was kind of a little more wild in a sense. It, it's, it's understandable that Brissette is going to throw way less interceptions compared to Baker has, and just just to see how he's grown right now with this group. He's playing 11 games this season compared to Deshaun who's playing six. So I definitely believe that this office can, can take the next steps further up. I mean, they're just getting better and better before our eyes.
2: So I was joking about this with somebody. I, I was theorizing, Dan, the idea of, you know, you're cruising through the season and Kevin and Jacoby are on the same page. And one day they're in the office and they're looking at film together and they're joking around and Deshaun Watson opens the door and says, Hey guys, I'm back. And Kevin's like, is it, is it the 12th game already? I didn't really. And Kevin and Jacoby look at each other and there's this moment where it's like, I guess this is over now. Is it possible, Dan, that Jacoby Brissett is Kevin Stefanski's ultimate quarterback that He's like, yeah, no, no, no. I get it. I get it. We have the $230 million franchise quarterback who's going to be coming back. But this like guy that you can trust that doesn't make mistakes, who executes your short passing game and takes a couple shots, I feel like Kevin Stefanski is in heaven right now. I hope he's not because <laughs> you gave up three, because <laughs> you gave
4: up three first round picks and $230 million to get someone who is decidedly not Jacoby Brissett. Um Jacoby has been really good these last two games. And uh, I'm looking, I looked it up on Pro Football Reference. When you look at his game logs and sort it by rating, two of his top 10 rated games, when he's actually thrown more than like four or five passes, when he's actually started the game, have come in a Browns uniform all of a sudden. Uh so he's been really good the last two games. I also think A lot of this is built around Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And I I just, if we're talking about sustainable for two months, the level of play we've seen this week from him, no. But can he continue to be efficient? Can he continue to protect the football? Can he continue to run the offense and just not make dumb plays? I think that's sustainable for two months. How many wins that gets you? I think depends on how effectively
2: they can continue to run the ball with these two running backs and these two guards. I'm going to continue this further, Ashley. So Deshaun comes in, Hey guys, I'm back. (laughs) And Kevin says, Deshaun, hold on one second. Jacoby come with me and they leave the room together and they go up the steps in Berea and they go in and they call a quick meeting with Andrew Barry and the Haslam's and Kevin explains why he wants to keep playing Jacoby, even though Deshaun is no longer suspended. What do you think, Ashley?
1: I don't think that's a possibility but I have joked that I'm waiting for this team to get rolling a little bit and there being a segment of Twitter much like I've talked about Josh Dobbs Twitter I think there's going to be a segment of Twitter if this team's like seven and four or six and five he's like do we have to switch quarterbacks this year (laughs) like I'm, I'm just waiting for that dialogue and I think Doug you're starting it early so I appreciate that look I think Jacoby Brissett is a good quarterback for a Kevin Stefanski system, mainly for what we've talked about, right? He doesn't turn over the ball. He occasionally takes calculated risks, and I was looking at um, PFF and some of the breakdowns by passing depth. I don't think it's updated with last night's passes based on uh, some of the numbers there, but let's say coming into last night, he'd only attempted like six quote-unquote deep passes and only completed two of them, but Again, I'm like he when you watch him with Amari Cooper, it makes those kind of plays easier because suddenly they become less risky when you're talking about a guy who just knows how to get open. Now, I I always think back to this offseason when we talked to Jacoby and someone asked him, Oh, is it hard for you not to like do too much and not try to be Deshaun Watson? And Jacoby <laughs> joked, No, it's actually very easy for me not to try to be Deshaun Watson because he's obviously not. But I get why they went after him for this backup spot. It's not more than that, but I'm waiting for that dialogue to really just heat up here if they keep winning.
2: So I think last year I I often referred to the Kevin Stefanski offense as like a phone booth offense, right? That it's very, it's small and it does very particular things. I still feel like it's a phone booth offense, but they dressed up the phone booth and a phone booth for people who don't know who that is. Anybody under 25, it used to be a thing. It was a box on the street where you made a phone call which sounds ridiculous now. Hey, do you need to make a phone call? There's a big tall box on the street. Go (laughs) over there and stand in that box and talk to a person for three minutes and then you have to put in more money. I might as well be explaining what a horse and buggy was. Irie's eyes, Irie's eyes, right now on the zoom just got like super wide. Like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Irie's like, I could be in a box on the street. Irie, we'll go look for a phone booth so you can experience <laughs> what that is. So it was a phone booth offense, and they're still in the phone booth because this is what the offense is. They'll throw to Amari Cooper, right? That's good. Work in a little David and Joku when Irie tells them to, and then run the ball. They don't throw to any of the receivers. They take a shot here and there, but I do want to, I do want to, I looked up these numbers, right? Right now, when you add in the Carolina game, all three games, Jacoby Brissett is averaging 6.5 yards per attempt. That's not very good. That is 25th in the league right now. Last year, that would have ranked 28th. In 2020, it would have ranked 29th, 6.5 yards per attempt. That's, that box is too small. That phone booth is too small, but take out the Carolina game. And he's averaging 7.7 yards per attempt. And again, the Carolina game, he was getting his feet under him. 7.7 yards per attempt right now is sixth in the league. Last year it would have been sixth. And in 2020, it would have been 10th. So it's a small version, Mary Kay. They do what they do best, they work in a shot here and there, they don't make any mistakes. This is turned into, I, I'm starting to sound like a crazy person as you guys like talk me down off the, are we sure Jacoby Brissett isn't an MVP candidate? And I understand that, <laughs> but this is working better than I anticipated. Maybe you guys just thought, oh no, this is what this is going to be against better competition. Mary Kay, when you get to Justin Herbert, can you, can you hang with Justin Herbert with an offense like this? Or is this working through three games Because of the competition, because it's a very specific way of doing it, but really they're either going to have to open it up more against a better team or they're going to lose.
0: Well, you know, I don't think there's a a real super uh, easy answer here, but I would say that, um, that we must remember something, that this roster from top to bottom was built to go the distance this year. This is supposed to be a Super Bowl roster. So if it is that, then you you can't have it where you just take out one person and the whole house of cards falls. This is a very, very strong roster. So Jacoby Brissett has time to throw the ball. He's got running backs running like the wind and running violently. He's got tight ends making plays. He's got Amari Cooper, who is a four-time pro bowler and a really good receiver. Uh, he's got a defense that that got off the field in the second half and got him the ball back. So I, I think that's part of it. I do think that part of it is um the, you know, the strength of the competition. Now. The the Steelers did not have T.J. Watt. Would it have been a different game with T.J. Watt? Probably. It would probably have been somewhat of a different game with T.J. Watt. It's like taking Miles Garrett off the field. I mean, it just – you can't replace guys like that. Um, So that had something to do with it. But I do think that it is sustainable because of the strength of everything else and because he's good enough and getting better. And I think – remember, this is a very quarterback-friendly offense. And quarterbacks who didn't always have maybe, you know, the best numbers in other offenses always seem to, to come out smelling like a rose in this particular offense. It's just a very, very quarterback friendly offense. I think he likes it. I think he's having an opportunity to uh, pick and choose some things that he likes to do and he's finding his way in it. So I do think it is sustainable and I think they should be able to hand over the at least five or six victories it's going to take to, to keep them in the hunt.
2: Okay. So let's just say, I think we have the facts. Kevin Stefanski and Jacoby Brissett are best friends at this (laughs) point, right? Let's just say that. I think that's factual. How -hmm. would you, but you guys are around it the way Kevin Stefanski talked about Jacoby Brissett after the game last night, what, what Kevin Stefanski said uh, when he met with reporters again, Friday afternoon, who wants to try to characterize maybe more in depth than me just saying best friends. What does that mean? Who can give people some, the way Kevin talks about him, what Kevin Stefanski is thinking about the person that Jacoby Brissett has been through three games and the quarterback that he has been through three games.
0: Well, I have thoughts. I, so well, ahead, I'll let Mary. these guys. No, you got you guys go. Cause I just, I had just answered something. To, so you got, you guys go and I'll finish up a little something later.
4: To, to me, I, I think it's two things. I think it's one just the guy doesn't make mistakes, right? He's thrown one interception this season and it was in a desperation moment. Um, He's, he has made some plays when they've needed him to. He just, he doesn't make mistakes and Kevin can lean on the run game and lean on that line and, and try and get that big play every now and again. And Jacoby doesn't screw it up. He doesn't screw up the formula at all. And I think the, the second part of it is, it seems like he's pretty well-liked. It seems like guys like being around him and, you know, he shows up in that Wyatt Teller, Joel Batonio t-shirt last night. And, you know, like, like if Baker Mayfield had shown up in that t-shirt, it would have been uh, like front page news on ESPN, right? It kind of flies under the radar a little bit because it's, it's, oh, it's just Jacoby Brissett, but I think guys in that locker room genuinely like him and, and respect him. And he's not a real divisive guy at all. Um, I I think that's probably how I'd characterize it
1: and to go along like with your point Dan I think we talked about this a little bit last night but like Jacoby Brissett knows who he is at this point and he's a guy who's made a career out of being a back backup he doesn't really to go along with your likability in the locker room point like doesn't really have an ego about him. Like I do think he's, you know, he's funny and he can be like defensive at times. And of course he's going to be there to do his job, but that defensiveness isn't like in a bad way necessarily. I don't think, I think it's how he gets himself amped up, but it doesn't impact others. Like sometimes I think we'd see Baker Mayfield get defensive and at times it would be abrasive. It, It came off that way anyway. But I think Jacoby just has a minimal ego about him and for a guy like Kevin Stefanski that's like a dream come true a guy who doesn't make mistakes and isn't totally full of himself and is willing to do his part which is a weird part right like he's starting he knows like how rare these opportunities are which is why he got so emotional after that Carolina game and he knows he has to hand over the keys after these next 11 games like he knows he's not the guy he is there to keep Deshaun Watson's seat warm and I think That takes a unique kind of guy, I think, in the NFL to be able to deal with that because it's just such a different kind of pressure and a different way you have to look at yourself.
0: Baker Mayfield spent last year kind of undermining Kevin Stefanski. Uh, So this is a breath of fresh air for Kevin Stefanski. He's working in concert with his quarterback. and, And he can do more things with this quarterback. His hands aren't tied whether it was because of the shoulder injury or whatever else, uh, you know, he can he can open things up and do some different things with Jacoby. And I do think that Jacoby is not just well-liked in the locker room, he's well-loved in the locker room. He's got a self-deprecating sense of humor. Uh, he's just, he's totally one of the guys. He's funny. He's always keeping these guys laughing. He knew, he, he got pretty close with Deshaun Watson. He knew what he had to do. He was there for him. He was Anthony Walker's like best friend. He says funny things like after you know his um, his sneak yesterday. You know he he says you know I almost blacked out. I mean he's just funny. I mean he's just a he's just a, a funny guy to be around, and um, and guys like Amari Cooper love his you know his his veteran presence and his cerebral approach to the game and the fact that he really understands it and he knows what receivers need and want. I mean if you're winning over Amari Cooper that fast, you're doing something right. So I think he's doing a lot of these things right. Um, first and foremost, he's working really well with his head coach.
3: Well, Without trying to sound super repetitive because, you know, everybody's made good points. I do just want to say this real quick when it comes to Mr. Persett. During the off season when everyone was I just specifically in and eyeing in on his regular as a starter, his percentage and whatnot, winning or throwing percentage. Everything was pretty much right there in front of us. Throughout the offseason at the press conferences, they said it. We heard it. We heard it from other teams. of how much they loved, you know, Brissette and Al. They see him as like one of the more older guys, even though he's just around that, you know, 29 to 30 age mark. And now he really just commands a locker room. And on top of that, when it comes to his play, he's a safe playmaker. I know that we we've mentioned Baker quite a bit on this pod. I'm sure the Browns fans are probably tired of it at this point, especially after we already beat them and whatnot. But this this. Brissette is not a quarterback that's going to be talked about when it comes to, oh, man, he can really scramble and create the opportunities on the fly. He's going to be as good as as, as the roster is. Whatever roster is right there along with them, he's going to be as good as the players around him. And so just like to, along with Mary Kay's point, there, this is a roster that is made to make a run. So with that being said, when you got poor Bowlers all around and this talent on both sides of the field, not going of special teams as for another day, but offense and defense – it's is it's, it's, it's honestly I feel no surprise as to why as to Halper said is doing what he's doing right now. We were so focused on if he could even make it past game five, and now people are already flipping and you know whatnot. So thank you for coming to my TED Talk.
2: Here's <laughs> <laughs> <You're> Jacoby talk. <laughs> uh, so I I also realized that I am Mr. Don't believe in small sample sizes. You know, Dearness Johnson runs for 120 yards in prime time, and I'm like <laughs> Who cares? Do it more than once, and Jacoby Brissett throws for 220 yards in consecutive games, and I'm like, I I think he maybe is Tom Brady, so I understand what I'm doing here. I am I am calling myself out before anyone else can do it. the The context, Dan, is going to change, right? So. The level of competition is going to increase. The offenses they're going to play are going to get better. That will put more pressure on the offense to try to keep up from a scoring perspective. They're going to face tougher Mm -hmm. defenders. TJ Watt wasn't there when they play the Chargers. Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa are going to be there, we assume. The context will change. But the level that we've seen from Jacoby Brissett the last two games, and we just want to get kind of everybody a yes or a no on this. Do you think that can be sustained? 7.7 7.7 yards per attempt, about 225 passing yards per game, 74% completion percentage. Like, and and maybe it won't be good enough to win if Justin Herbert's dropping bombs, right? But to sort of for the offense to look efficient and competent and move the ball and the run game does its thing. Do we think, Dan, that Jacoby Brissett can keep this up for the most part, or will we eventually hit? some regression or have regression regression forced upon him by Joey Bosa chasing him around the field?
4: No, I, I don't think what we've seen from Jacoby the last two games is sustainable, but that that doesn't mean that Jacoby isn't going to be good enough, but what we've seen the last two games is like peak level Jacoby. So no, I, I think it, I think it lo- probably looks more like what we saw when he started in Indianapolis in 2019, where there, there just comes a point where there's, uh, okay, here comes some regression.
2: Ashley, sustainable or no?
1: No, I'm going to say no, because the opponents are going to get, I think, after this first burst, four stretch, like we've talked about. I mean, like we say, we have the Bosa <laughs> coming up. So I... I just think that eventually this is going to regress a little bit regress to the mean, so to speak, but it, I don't know. It's like, it doesn't mean that it's going to necessarily be the sky is falling around them. I just think like, you're not going to get 200 yards necessarily every game from him and they might have to rely on the run game a lot more. So I, I just think overall it'd be really hard. Cause like if he could sustain it, we would have seen him do that already in his career is kind of my feelings on it.
2: Mary Kay, sustainable or no?
0: Sustainable. Absolutely 100% sustainable. I think the the best is yet to come. I mean, so far, he has not not even gotten some of his guys involved yet. There are games where, you know, like Amari Cooper will go out and have 100 yards, but DPJ didn't get any targets. Um, The past couple of weeks, DPJ hasn't had an opportunity to uh, really get involved in the passing game as much. So I think the best is is yet to come with him. And I think that if you look back to Kevin Stefanski, when he was the quarterbacks coach in Minnesota uh, with Case Keenum in 2017, it became sustainable because that's what this offense does. This offense can make uh, a good quarterback look really good. And I think that's what's happening here. And I think that it's a it's a it's an offense designed uh, for for a quarterback that doesn't throw interceptions and for someone that can play safe football. And Jacoby can do all that. And I, I just think that it's just so well suited to him and that he's just got so much else around him that I, I you know, I think I think he's going to be OK. I mean, when you can run the ball like that and get yourself out of trouble with Nick and Kareem and you can have. Um, you know, have all that play action working for you and have so many different elements to the offense. I, I think he's going to flourish in this scheme and he's only going to get better. This is only, I mean, he's still playing his preseason games. I mean, he never even played in preseason. I and mean, then that's one of the reasons I think he looked so shaky in the first game. It was like preseason for him. And each week the lights are starting to come on more and more. And I, I think he can sustain it.
2: Iris, sustainable or no?
3: Yes. Um, along with what was said prior, I, I also just want to point out that. When it comes to the sense of a quarterback, I think we think too much within passing yards. And if, I mean, I'm not expecting Brissette, for example, when, when Justin Herbert and the Chargers visit, I'm not expecting him to be in that shootout with Herbert. Herbert threw for nearly 400 yards last year, and, and they've come back 47-42 in over Cleveland. Brissette, Brissette is not doing it. I know that do I expect him to, nor do we need him to, but the weapons around him. He can just look very nice and well within the scheme and steady, nice and sturdy and solid. That's all that we're asking for from him. He's not, it's not as if we have to go out there and outscore. I mean, I, I, I think, People were surprised that they even scored three touchdowns last night. Even with DJ Watt out and about, we still know how gritty that defensive line was. And the fact that they were able to go out there and honestly, they could have probably scored one more put aside the defense going that last touchdown as the clock expired. This is an offense that is built to flourish, and I can't wait to see what else they do coming up. Okay, can I
4: can I just ask one thing? I just want to make sure. Doug, when you say sustainable. How are we defining that? Because I, I, because if we're saying can he continue to complete seventy four percent of his passes with a one oh six two rating, then that's I mean that's a no that that has to be no a no across the board. I hope for everyone. I mean, I, I, if he, me he says, continue yeah. to can he continue to run the offense as long as the Browns can run the football and run an efficient offense, I think that is. I think that's sustainable, but right now, these last two games, these are like, you know, oh, Jacoby's the MVP games, which – Oh, Dan, you're yes. joining that? Oh, welcome aboard the MVP bandwagon. for Jacobi Like 70, percent. 74% and a 106 rating is absolutely unsustainable. Like no no one can but, say that's sustainable. But that's I think that's the question, right? I mean, like
2: we're sort of throwing out Carolina. And so like we're talking like, I don't know, 171 passing yards over or under. And it was like definitely under. Like I think, you know, this is like 200 passing yards plus. Make no mistakes. Take some shots and hit them. Have a little thing with Amari. Complete a bunch. That to me is what we are talking about. We have two yeses and two no's. So Dan, I mean Mary Kay. Dan is saying, I mean that level seventy four percent completion percentage, one hundred six rating. That is that is not. But that's. I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth. Isn't that kind of what you are saying? No, you think that is what could be sustained. A version of that, close to that.
0: Yeah, I think so because of everything that he has around him. I think it's such a, a talented roster that. And it's designed to pull those kind of numbers. It's designed to do that. If you can't, if, if A isn't working, go to B. And if B isn't working, you can go to C. There are so many different options and I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be easy, but I do think it's sustainable. I think he, I think he can get the job done. I, mean, I never thought that he was going to go, you know, 10 and one, my sustainable involves, you know, good sound, solid, solid quarterback play. And you know, ideally for them handing over six victories and keeping keeping them in the hunt. But yeah, I, I think he can pull those kind of numbers, maybe not every week over a hundred rating, but good numbers like these, I, I think it's sustainable.
2: I mean, I did think like right week one Carolina it felt the passing game felt limited and they won that game because they did some other things. Well, but week two and week three, he absolutely played good enough to win. Like no doubt about that. And then if, if things were not going great or things, things were going wrong, there was stuff elsewhere, Mm -hmm. right? So are there special teams issues or, you know, does someone make not make a catch they're supposed to make or the defense collapse? Like those are the things, but nobody, right, Dan, I think that the last two games, he's not Justin Herbert but I think it's unquestionable that he played well enough for the Browns to win. He did not hold them back. So I think when I say sustainable, it would be, does he have to win the game against the chargers? No. But the idea of when, when the Browns get done playing the chargers, would you look at Jacoby Brissett and say he played well enough for them to win? We know he's not the best player on the team, but he did his job well. And then the other guys did or did not get them over the top. That to me is what the sustainable level would be, not out-duel Justin Herbert, but play well enough to give the Browns a chance to win as opposed to saying, oh, my gosh, they're not going to beat the Chargers when he's 14 of 33 for 131 yards. Right, Dan? Like that? I, I do think it's important to have the correct context of what we're discussing mm-hmm. here, so I want to make sure it was a good point by you, Dan, to make sure we're all on the same page here.
4: Right. And I, and I think I would be more prone to say, yes, he can do that because in that context, he's just kind of a cog in the machine, right? Like when Deshaun Watson comes back Deshaun is the machine, like everything is built around Deshaun Watson. Jacoby is just a piece. And like, he's a compliment to this running game and this offensive line and this like, Hey, we're going to run the ball 10 times on this drive, but we're going to call one play action. And you're going to throw a strike to Amari Cooper for 32 yards. And then we're going to go score a touchdown or you're going to, when it's third and one and Baker Mayfield could never sneak the football without fumbling it. You're going to, you're going to sneak every time because you used to do that when Phillip Rivers was the quarterback in Indianapolis, you used to come in and just do quarterback sneaks. So in that sense, yes, I do think that's sustainable because I don't think this team is going to face many defenses that can shut down this run game. And I think because of that, Jacoby Brissett is going to basically be asked to just make plays in certain spots. He's not going to have to throw the ball 40 times and get into a shootout with Justin Herbert. And and I think that is sustainable 74% and a rating over 100. If we're, if we're talking stats, I I'd be shocked if we're 11 games into the season and his numbers are close to that stuff. But I think the way he's played these last two games in the sense of, take what's there, get the ball to your playmakers. We're going to lean on this run game. I think that is absolutely sustainable.
1: Yeah, I would like to change my answer. No, today. no, 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 no. Listen, listen. Dan and listen. I went first, and we were clearly <laughs> thinking the same thing in terms of stats. Dog, you're not going to out shout me on this. We're allowed to <laughs> no, change
2: our had, answer. We, we I was going to be the tiebreaker. I got to be the tiebreaker, and now you're changing it.
1: You guys Something. moved the goalposts after Dan no, and I. Kicked. I don't
2: think we did because listen, <laughs> well, Dan we,
1: and I miss a, Dan and I are very. No, I don't
2: think so. I don't. I don't think we misunderstood it. I think we're on. The same page here. Listen, Week One, Carolina, eighteen of thirty-four, one forty-seven. The running game was great that week. He averaged four point three yards per attempt. He was bad. He averaged seven point seven in the last two games. Like, I think the idea of like that ah, there might be no other Carolina games out there. I think that's definitely possible, right? That like he's not going to be quite at this level. The next uh, the last two weeks were great. Well, and and if next... he dips, if he dips down to a Carolina level, they're not going to beat the charge if, if he plays like he did against Carolina. Well, th- play-
4: that's, that, that's why I kind of say that, though. Like, I do think there's going to be games where it's just going to be like, hey, you lost this game because jo- Jacoby Brissett just didn't play well. Like, I think there will be some games where he looks like he did against Carolina. And and, and you're well, a no, like- then you're a no, then stick with your no. But does anyone expect Jacoby Brissett to be great for 11 weeks? But,
2: but great by the definition of what we're calling Jacoby, JB great jb great is the last two weeks that's the standard that level M- like there's nine games left with him as a starter can he be like he was the last two games seven out of the nine remaining games okay but that's different though than every game
4: But well, seven out of nine is almost every game but that like like that's what you you know when mary Kay brings up case keenum or when we talk about kirk cousins or we talk about jimmy garoppolo the reason those guys aren't elite quarterbacks and I know those guys are still sort of all on different tiers is because they don't sustain it week to week, game to game. And they do, you know, two out of every five games, they just aren't very good or they aren't effective enough. And I think that's probably where Jacoby is. So I mean, there's going to be games that the Browns are going to lose just because they, they are deficient at the quarterback position compared to the other team and the defense they're
2: facing is just too good. So I don't but, know. Does that make me a no now? I like I'd I, stick with your no. I'd stick with your no. Don't be afraid of a no. Yes. Embrace the no.
1: <laughs> Ashley, you
2: want to embrace your no? Or you want to change? Dance back I'm to no. Change.
1: I'm okay. gonna change. I'm gonna change. Also, Mary gave me. I don't know. Me, like, I don't know where I am. I'm like turned said,
2: in circles.
4: I'm like,
1: <laughs> I know. This is like very existential for a Friday when we were at the stadium till after like two in the morning the night before. Like a baby Man.
2: deer wandering
1: across the street. <laughs> okay.
2: All right. I'm going to keep you both as no and I'm going to break the tie and I'm going to say maybe. So we're two there and a half go. to two and a half. So that's but our discussion. I can't,
1: I can't make a pun with Jacoby Brissett's name in the word maybe.
2: Um, No, we'll work on that. You're too tired to I come up with that right now. It. We'll work on it's it. It's
1: not as easy Ooh. as Baker Maybe Field was. I'll, I'll think about it. <laughs>
2: How, like, jacob (laughs) how do you turn Jacoby into probably jacobably Brissett? (laughs) he's jacobably good enough that might be pushing it we'll be back i
1: don't know i I like it Jacobably,
2: which is better than than maybe field
1: no objectively uh, worse no it's like oh it could is the quarterback play good enough Ah,
2: jacobably (laughs) i can't even say it we'll be back i want to talk about amari cooper next on the orange and brown talk podcast Okay, so I saw someone say this on Twitter, and we can all I don't know if it's a yes, no, agree, disagree. Mary Kay, is Amari Cooper the receiver that everyone thought the Browns were getting when they got Odo Beckham Jr. Is this is this it?
0: Um yeah, I, I would say so, but remember the Browns did not have a quarterback back then that that could get the ball to odell beckham jr so i don't want i don't think that we need to turn this into sort of an either or thing because if odell beckham jr had played with another quarterback like matthew stafford or someone like that um perhaps he would still have been the odell beckham jr the browns thought they were getting one thing that i'm thinking about here when i when i think about jacoby he has a, a touch on the ball. Now he doesn't, he, he, he kids around about himself again with that depra- self-deprecating humor and you know, says that he doesn't, you know, and even Amari was like, no, no, he doesn't have that kind of a strong arm. But what he can do is put the right touch on it at the right time. So he can get the ball to you in the end zone and it's not coming in like a wrecking ball and you can catch it. So I think he throws a catchable ball. And so I, and I think that's another, one of the reasons why Amari likes him. So, yes, I think that, um, I think Amari is really, really good. I think he's connecting really well with Jacoby um, on and off the field. He said as much after the game yesterday. And I I think these, these two guys, and I think he'll be good with Deshaun too. Um, But I think that, um, I think that Jerry Jones, and I said this on the podcast last night, I think Jerry Jones made a big mistake in letting this guy go. And especially for a fifth round pick, the Browns got a bargain basement on Amari Cooper. The price is right. Uh, He is, he is the real deal. Now he's going to have tougher games. He was singled up a lot yesterday. I mean, you just can't really leave Amari Cooper in one-on-one coverage that much. I don't think, but, um, but I think that, and they will take him out of games. They will, but there are other places to go. So I think Amari is what they thought he was going to be.
2: Jacoba. God, I had it in my head. I still can't say it. So is this a worthwhile conversation, Dan, or does this fall under the booing conversation? Amari Cooper versus Odell. Who cares? That's not the kind of like Odell's gone. It was what it was. This is different. Is it the quarterback? Is the receiver? I don't know. But Amari Cooper's had two good games. Should we move on, Dan?
4: I I think it's worthwhile because it's a podcast and it's fun. Oh, then go, then go. Then you answer the question. It's a sports talk, sports talk topic. I like it. Um, he's certainly produced at a higher level than Odell. I don't know that he is, I don't know how to work. Like Odell can make that Odell catch, right? Like that one-handed spectacular catch. Uh, I think Amari can kind of do that. He's not quite that type of receiver, but Amari is just, I mean, he's just good at, like everything it's, it's pretty great. Like he's a good route runner. He catches the football. He's good after the catch. Like, yeah, he's kind of everything Odell was supposed to be. And I, I think sort of like we talked about is Jacoby Brissett, Kevin Stefanski's type of quarterback. Amari Cooper is Kevin Stefanski's type of wide receiver. He's quiet. He shows up, does his job. Is really efficient. Doesn't celebrate all that, but like just kind of, that guy right like he is Kevin Stefanski's receiver and i found this tweet earlier today i have no idea this is one of those random like football accounts that has 80,000 followers somehow um and it lists receivers so Tyreek Hill cost a first a second two fourths and a sixth Devonte Adams cost a first and a second AJ Brown a first and a third and all those guys got paid after they got traded Somehow Marquise Brown cost a first round pick. I, I don't know how that happens. And the Browns got a Mark Cooper for a fifth. Like it's the steal of the offseason. season. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think he's the perfect receiver for what the Browns are doing right now.
2: Perfect diary. Is that the right characterization for, for what this team needs and wants?
3: Well, yeah. I mean, the, nothing le- less. Of the, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to answer like that, but like two things. One. Yes, I mean, we need sensational play from this team. I think that's already obvious fact. And two, I was not here during the Odell Beckham Jr. era, but I was here, I am here during the David and Juco era, and that's all that matters.
2: Oh, yeah, no, we'll get to that. Oh, just to encapsulate the Odell Beckham Jr. era in Cleveland for you, one time he wore a watch to practice. Now you're caught up. (laughs) Uh, Ashley.
4: During a game.
2: During yeah, a game. Yeah, you were yeah. watching during a game. Oh, yeah. During a yeah. Game. You were after during
0: Ashley a game. goes, I i have got to interject. I have something so big that I, I just can't sit on it. Are you breaking
2: longer. are you breaking watch news like three years no. after the fact? I'm excited.
0: Who cares what I, Ashley is? I yield my time here. Yeah,
2: well done, Ashley. Well done. <laughs> Go ahead, Mary Kay.
0: <laughs> you guys are gonna be really mad at yourselves that you didn't think of this, oh, no. but I got it. It oh, just came to me. Oh no. You can be jacanby oh that? jacanby
1: that's pretty good
3: i thought there were some big news <laughs> i got baby thought... <laughs> has, is...
1: has nothing which is the important thing oh, here this God. is a, this is a girl power podcast
0: doug did it live is frozen up to, did it live up to the hype doug did that live up to the doug is I... speechless I'm still
2: it. trying to pronounce Jacob probably in my head and <laughs> you can be. You just you can be bomb us. That is, we all yield to Mary Kay Cabot as usual. That oh, is man. it.
1: Do um, I get to answer the question now? <laughs> and again, but
2: I, and this goes back to Dan, right? Oh, this is the Dan Lobby t shirt company that Dan secretly in his heart, we know he used to be a bus driver. And mm. at some point, he'll be a t shirt oh. mogul and say, I used to be a sports writer. Dan, make the T-shirts. You can be. Oh my gosh! I know. P- what P- am, P- I,
4: what P- am P- I doing? What am I doing with my Baker Mayfield's out here selling forty-dollar T-shirts for one game, and I'm sitting here on a podcast as, answering the question as to whether Amari Cooper is Odell Beckham.
2: Like when
1: Dan
2: when Dan reevaluates his life in the middle of a
1: podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> like the. I'm kind of with Mary Kay on this question. Like, I don't mind the topic of discussion because like Dan said, it's fun and it's Friday and whatever, but it's just so hard for me to compare the two when like, especially last year was such just a disaster. And obviously the Freddie year was a disaster and then Odell hit the ACL, like nothing went right for him during his time here, I feel like. And then he forced his way out. Um, and I do think you saw a better version of Odell when he was in LA so that kind of like I think at the end of the day proved like okay it wasn't that Odell just is really bad now or anything it was that it wasn't a fit here and kind of like Dan said I think Amari Cooper is just like better in a Kevin Stefanski offense for what he's good with but he also just has a more reliable quarterback who's gonna make those throws to open guys which baker just didn't really do especially last year as we know from the famous or infamous video so it's really difficult for me to compare the two i will say like on a service level if you're talking about a guy comes in and produces right away then like yes this is what we thought odell would do but i think given the quarterback changes it's just really hard to to try to make a comparison it's fun yeah. and
4: it's friday and whatever
2: that's yeah. It's fun t-shirt. and it's
1: Friday and it's whatever. That's That goes on a t-shirt. I call that one. It's fun
2: we'll, and it's we'll Friday and, and Dan's giving his two weeks notice on Monday after a weekend of <laughs> re-evaluation. So I do want to talk about the other receivers on this team because in the offseason, we had a lot of conversations about who's the number two receivers for the Browns and the answer is David and Joku. The last two games combined, David Bell, Anthony Schwartz, and Donovan Peoples-Jones have six targets. Peoples Jones had 11 in the first game. He's had four the last two games combined. Schwartz has not been targeted in the last two games, and Bell has one target each in the last two games. Irie, is that sustainable? That it is Amari Cooper, one David and Joko, two maybe Harrison Bryant, three, but that you really aren't going to get, don't try to get, don't need much other production from the receivers outside of Cooper.
3: That's that that's the thing. I, I know I, I've bigged up and joku the last 72 hours and, and going forward, but it's not the reason I say it's not an easy answer is because of the amount of weapons that they have on the team. It's gonna come to the point where yes, okay, the answer to the question, yes, it is sustainable when giving targets. We we saw the last game where they used Harrison Bryan more and he had the first 23 yards of the game. He didn't have a single target thrown to him last night and joku is the one getting 10 targets so it's really not even a matter of one two and three i think it's the fact that you have reliable guys you have reliable weapons at each position and then everybody has seemed to forget or not i don't want to say forget but barely even talk about the young gun and david bell who was just you know who's best. done nothing
2: why do we think he's reliable he hasn't done anything <laughs> no for real like like the idea that they have all these weapons they do
3: yes you don't think so
2: no, Dan, do you think they have a lot of weapons or do you think they have two weapons? And that's why last night they threw to two weapons.
4: I think their weapons are Amari Cooper, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, and people are going to get mad at this David Njoku, TBD. Because we just need to see that consistency from Njoku. That was a really encouraging sign. But I think it's, I think your weapons are Cooper and your two running backs and hopefully your top tight end.
2: And like the scenario, Mary Kay, the idea of, and you sort of mentioned this, some, somebody's going to decide, well, Cooper's not beating us today, Mm -hmm. right? Someone's going to decide that. I don't know what that looks like when it's like, okay. And I know they targeted DPJ 11 times in week one. That's where I don't have a ton of faith in this passing game. If someone just sells out to stop Amari Cooper, I, I don't, at the moment have a ton of faith in the rest of the receivers. Do you?
0: Well, again, I look at them uh, as a group, including the tight ends. So I think they're okay. And I think they will be okay. And one of the reasons why I think that is because we've even been told point blank by assistant GM Glenn cook, that these young receivers are going to grow up as the season goes along. David Bell isn't who David Bell is going to be in week eight or week nine. Uh, It takes these young receivers a while to adjust to the speed of the pro game, to figure out what these defensive backs are doing to them. Uh, You know, the, you know, they're, they're here for the long haul. They get them young, they develop them. I mean, even, even George Pickens, that was his third reception last night. That amazing catch, you know, he's not really integrated yet necessarily into the game plan takes them a while. So I think as they go along, um, I, I think you'll see them be able to spread the ball around two different guys. And I think it will evolve. I don't think they know what it is going to look like yet. Jacoby Brissett is still in his preseason. He's finding his way. Um, and some of these guys are going to emerge. You know, when when the lights come, you do when when you have a, a physical cornerback, uh, you know, fighting you for the ball so i don't think they know what they have really quite yet uh but i think they will all get better as the season goes along and it's not just going to be the um amari cooper show
2: do you agree mary uh ashley or do you think it will be the amari cooper show and everybody else is a a background dancer
1: (laughs) I don't, just because, I mean, we've already kind of seen that. Like, we saw them target Donovan a lot. I think if you can get Amari Cooper going, like, yes, take that. But I do think we might see a handful of more games, like you said, when you get a better defense that can account for Amari Cooper better because Mary Kay kept saying last last night in the middle of the game, like, how are the Steelers only playing man coverage on Amari? Like, he's just beating them every single time. When you get a team that I think, focuses more on like you said Doug not letting this specific guy beat them I do think maybe you might see one or two of those other guys break loose but they're still going to be obviously depending on the run game a lot more and I think it might not be you know super consistent or super flashy all the time but I do think like between Donovan maybe David Bell if if you can get him up to speed uh you might see that from some different folks for against these better defenses
2: All right. Last break. When we come back, two more things I want to do quickly. One is special teams. One is how tired you guys are. Next on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Doug Maurice back with Mary Kay Cabot, Ash Bastock, Dan Lobby, and Irie Harris. So listen, I know you guys are, I mean, you're insiders. How could you not be? You're this far into the podcast. You go to cleveland.com. You read stuff. But maybe if there's a couple of you who aren't and you're like, what? What does that mean? Cleveland.com slash Browns blue banner at the top of the page. You click there. You sign up. You get texts from these guys during games, during the week, analysis, news first right to you. You get all the stories at cleveland.com. Sometimes we have those subscriber exclusives and you get a bonus story in your email that doesn't even go out to the rest of the world. You get all that. What a bargain. How could you not want to sign up? Go to cleveland.com slash Browns. Ohio State on Saturday will play its third night game of its four games so far. I have officially reached the point in my life where (laughs) night games crush me for four days because it is not normal human function to be working at 430 in the morning. But when you cover a game very late into the night, that's what happens You guys had a Thursday night game. How quickly, how, when did you guys go to bed? Mary Kay, when did you go to sleep?
0: Oh, I have stories. So, (laughs) you know, so by the time we uh, got up from the locker room, we taped a video and then we transcribed our part for the group, each of us. And then after that, we taped a podcast at the stadium. So now we're looking at, Dan, tell me, what time did we, what time did Ashley and I leave the stadium? Do you recall? It was like a
1: little after two. Yeah.
4: Cause I think I left left around like two 30 ish or
0: something. Okay. But now that's, that's, that doesn't mean we're done and we're going home to go to sleep. I had to come home and rewrite my whole game story. That, that was a classic game. It needs a good game story. It, need, it needs texture. It needs quotes. You just can't have the zero story. What people probably don't understand is we have to write a story while the game is going on and hit the button on it just before we haul ass down to the locker room. And she's uh, tired, everybody. You know, she's tired. We, <laughs> 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 yes, I'm very tired. So I, I got home at what, maybe two thirty or something. And then I had to go through reams and reams of quotes and figure out which quotes I wanted to use for my game story. Then I had to go through the, you know, the play by play. And, you know, did I really remember that correctly, that they had three straight three and outs and they, you know, one for 11 on third down and what happened with Anthony Walker. And there's so many layers to this game, right? There's so many layers to this game. And I just wanted to go to sleep. I just thought, "I, I can't do this tonight. I can't do this. I'm too tired, but I just made myself some caffeinated tea. And I just slapped myself in the face a few times. And I said, you've got to do this. You have to do this. So by the time I got done writing, rewriting the gamer, which by the time I got done with, it, I thought, you know, for somebody who just didn't have half a brain left, it's pretty <laughs> damn good. So go read it if you guys didn't read it.
2: <laughs> oh, man. So
0: I get, I get done with that at, it was after five. I mean, it might've even been, it might've been five thirty in the morning. It was late. And then, wait a minute, wait, wait for it. I get a reminder from Matt Gould, our esteemed high school expert, reminding me that I have the Easter egg due in the morning. Okay. That is our newsletter where we each have to write a special thing. So somebody thought it was going to be really funny to give me the egg on a night game. So I had to. I also had radio to, do, radio to do at 7.50. So I went to bed at 5.30. I, I got up at 7.30. I did radio at 7.50. And then I could—I just did not have it in me to do the egg yet. I texted Matt Gould and I said, I will have the egg to you. Like, I'll try to get it to you by 9.30. So then I had to set my alarm again, get up at like 9.30 and wrote right, I wrote the egg, which if you get a chance to read it, I think that's a prize winner too. I really do. I mean-
2: that's for the insiders. That's the newsletter. Who, do, how can you not sign up after that story?
0: Wow. I, mean, I was just reeling off the line. I, I was like, where is this coming? from?" <laughs> I'm kidding. But anyways, um, so yeah, so I had to get up and do the egg. And then, um, so there I was, uh, you know, at nine 30 or 10, by now I've had what, maybe three hours of sleep. And, I, and then right before this podcast, and that's why I thought I saw the bus out front. Did you guys see my tweet? I thought I saw the imaginary bus out front, which is actually really out there. Then I went to the backyard and there were three deer out there. I sent the picture of that. I was going to tweet that out and I thought, "No, people have so, had enough of so my Mary, personal So Mary Mary Kate.
4: Mary Kate, this is when we jump in and tell you that you sent us those pictures. There was nothing. There's
1: nothing there. Especially. <laughs> there was nothing there. No, <laughs> well, there was nothing. It was just an it. empty
4: just your street. Just an I empty have, street. I an have empty a, backyard.
0: Yeah. I've officially yeah. lost my mind. So I, I fell asleep. I fell asleep, and I have one more thing to add to this. So I fell fast asleep <laughs> after the Kevin Stefanski press conference and the Anthony Walker stuff, and I woke up at like two forty-five, and I was like, "What day is it? Did I read the game story?" <laughs> Is there a dare in my backyard? <laughs> is there a bus in my front yard? And so uh, I realized, okay, I got to get your ass on. A, oh, I said ass again. I'm sorry. It's three. It's three. She's so tired. I didn't have, to have makeup tag. on for this pod. Um, so while I was sitting here, and this is the other part of this while I was sitting here, just dutifully doing this pod, I had my dining room windows open on this lovely day, and I'm having a sprinkler system installed in the front of my house right now. And one of the windows was open as while we were sitting here, the sprinkler came on and started coming all into my dining room while we were taping this pod, So that's why you saw me get up and start walking around, wondering where I was going and what I was doing. I was not feeding the deer. I was not taking a bus ride. I went to get a towel and I had to wipe up all the water on my dining room floor. And when we're done with this pod, I'm gonna go climb. Onto that bus and fall back asleep.
2: <laughs> Nothing that 16 hours of sleep won't fix, Mary Kay. Please, <laughs> someone let Mary Kay sleep. All right. I'm going to assume that the other three of you have a somewhat similar story. Perhaps not to that extent. Let's move on to special teams, though, so you guys can can get on with your lives and get back to sleep after this. Dan special teams all good. We all good. Everything's oh. good. Hey, you missed an extra point. All good guys. tried to trying to run the kick out, and got to the 12. Like it's fine. Everything's fine. Right. On special teams. It's, it's bad. It's real bad.
1: Um,
4: <laughs> and, and like that onside kick, the Browns recovered it, but there's no way that they're sitting there watching the tape of this game and thinking like, ah, well, you recovered. Th-. Well, they didn't recover it. They knocked it out of bounds, but you know what I mean? um like oh everything's fine because we knocked that kick out of bounds like you were that close to giving up an onside kick again right process over result the special teams are not good right now and it's I, I don't know what they're gonna do i mean this is a very loyal coach this is a you know i i would not expect that we're gonna get some press release this weekend that like hey steven bravo brown has been promoted to special teams coordinator and mike prefers out but it's concerning because this special teams hasn't really been good at all during the Mike Prefer era.
2: And like the last, last, last gasp of the Steelers, they're kicking a field goal to stay in the game on fourth and six. And the Browns have 12 guys in the field. Yeah. It's on the field goal like unit. Like what actually there's like basic fundamental, like get the number of guys. What, how do you have 12 guys on the field and like sturdily lined up? Not running in and off. They're like, nope, we need 12 guys to try to block this field goal.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's like that was when I was like, this has to be a simulation. Like, they can't be making this mistake again after everything we just witnessed just four days ago. Um, and it's that kind of stuff. It's not that K. York missed extra point because it was a little windy and the ball, you know, got carried. It's that sort of stuff. And it just seems like Dan said disorganized in a lot of ways that like some high school teams have better organization and it's really frustrating to watch those kind of mistakes because they should be so fixable like oh, your return man gets hurt and has a season-ending injury. Okay, like you kind of have to manufacture something there. The production's not going to be what you want it to be. Um, But that's a pattern now, which is a whole separate story. But it's these kind of things. It's like you have to do the little stuff, right? Kevin Stefanski is so detail-oriented. I don't get how these little details, which are causing penalties, are still happening, especially after a week that they just happened and like you played so poorly on special teams.
4: Can I also add to, real quick, it should not be this hard to find somebody to return kicks. Now I'm 13. not asking, I'm not asking for like a Jakeem Grant level. Like that's like a Pro Bowl guy, but like it shouldn't be this hard to find somebody over the course of however many years it's been to like give you something in the return game.
1: Since the Travis Benjamin era yeah. is the
4: answer.
2: <laughs> Why didn't Shelton play?
1: Because
2: he was benched. Yeah, He he was
0: benched for ineffectiveness and muffing punts and all that kind of stuff. But I will tell you, Kevin Stefanski's long, long, long pause about what was going through his mind on the onside kick said a lot. It said a lot to me. Did you guys, like, you guys see that? you guys went straight to the locker room, but, and maybe you didn't see it, but it takes him like, there's this long pregnant pause and he says a lot. Mm. And I'll tell you what, uh, you know what? Anybody involved with special teams better better be watching their back. I don't think that the, I don't think the tolerance level, I don't think the leash is enormously long.
2: We, we saw them blow a game. I, I read it. it does feel like they could potentially be setting themselves up for a game where they lose it because of special teams and certainly special teams contributed to the issues uh, against the jets. Do you think that's true, Irie, or do you think they can, they can muddle through this and be okay on special teams?
3: I'm not going to lie. And in, in the midst of the elements, of what we've spoken about regarding this team, when it comes to the special teams unit, I too am scared as hell. Uh, <laughs> this, uh, I, I think, yeah, at the moment, I mean, there's back-to-back games where Everybody, I like, you could just tell in that moment last night after the Steelers, you know, score and then come the onside kick to where there's just that that small moment, of everybody holding their breath, and then we see the ball roll a few times, and we say, no, no, please, God, not again, no, and then it gets out of bounds, and everybody could, could breathe. And then everybody just put that to the back of their minds because nobody wanted to even think of what could have happened for a second game in a row. Uh, yeah, at this, at this point, they're pretty much setting themselves up to be a, a key reason, not just the third reason or the second big reason, but the first big reason for, for a Browns loss. So I'm not looking forward to that at all.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 a good way to say it, that, um, you know, they won a game because of special teams because of the K. York field goal in the opener. They had special teams issues that were huge contributors to the loss against the Jets, but you still probably blame that on the defense first, but they're setting themselves up, Dan, and I know this is like you're very much on the alert here of, and it's one of those things, like if they're going to be, even if this goes well with Jacoby Brissett and they're in it when Deshaun Watson gets back, I don't think this is a team that can afford to blow another game, right? That they're not, if they do make the playoffs, they're not going to make it by three games, right? Every, they're going to be on the razor's edge of trying to get that seventh spot. And if it comes down to an egregious, they give up a a huge return or they have too many men on the field and they're, you know, it negates a field goal that they make it. Like it's going to be disastrous,
1: Dan.
4: Yeah. And, you know, your margin for error is super thin when you're playing this style of football you're you're relying on the run you're relying on your defense you just your special teams have to be great and you can't you can't allow your special teams to make the mistake that turns a fourth and 3 field goal attempt into a first down or whatever it is and and so that's that's an area where you can you can't lose the game there you know when you've got Again, when you've got Deshaun Watson playing like Deshaun Watson and your offense is humming and and looking great, you can afford little things here and there. You still want your special teams to be good, but like you you can afford a mistake here and there. This team just cannot afford that little mistake that extends a drive or gives a team an extra possession or 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 whatever it is. And and I don't even it's not even the missed kicks, like those are happen, those those will happen. And I think Cade York will get that stuff corrected, like Ashley said. Um, but it's, it's that other stuff that is real, the procedural stuff that that's where you start to get some concerns.
2: All right. That'll do it for this version of the orange and or brown talk podcast. As always a pleasure to join Mary Kay Cabot, Dan Lobby, Ashley Bastock, and Irie Harris here, Dan, when's the next pod? When will be uh, people will be tuning in again? We will record
4: a Hey Mary Kay on Monday. So that'll be up either late Monday or first thing Tuesday morning.
2: All right, so make sure you are back for that. And uh, and that's another great thing of being a, an insider. When you subscribe, you get to ask Mary Kay Cabot questions. How about that? Now, that's a good thing about being the host of a podcast. I get to ask Mary Kay Cabot questions, and I don't have to pay to do it. But most of the time, <laughs> you get the insider to say, hey, and you say, hey, Mary Kay. So get ready for that next week. For now, great coverage, as always, by our Browns folks. Thanks to you guys for listening. And that was the Orange and Brown Talk podcast.